Just, uh, just thankful for everything that the Lord is doing. And uh, I want to tell you that I appreciate you that have been out inviting and encouraging people to come. And God is moving in Dominion Sumter. Uh, Pops asked me tonight, he said, where did all these people come from? I said, man, they've been packing out the last three weeks. Y'all aren't, y'all aren't, y'all aren't um, uh, vacationing people. That's what that tells me. Sometimes they say in the summertime, the church attendance will dip, but not in Sumter. Come on, somebody. Come on. We go higher in, some, in the summertime. So I want to talk to you tonight. I'll be honest with you. I believe the message will really challenge you tonight. I've got a message and a teaching that I want to talk to you about. And let me just kind of address it from this stance. <laughs> that nobody really likes to be told what to do. Come on, somebody. I said, nobody really likes to be told what to do. But I have learned in my life that without correction, without instruction, without accountability, I can deviate and self-destruct. And so I have learned that there is a powerful concept in my life, and it's the power of a voice. And I am thankful for God's voice in my life that instructs, but I am also thankful that God puts people, spiritual people in my life, like Pastor Devon Coker, who's a spiritual father to me. I'm thankful for a voice. Come on, somebody. I'm thankful for a voice that can speak to me and talk to me and can instruct me. And tonight, I want us to understand, see, the reality of it is, is that we have all gathered here together in this room. And yes, it is to worship God, but the truth of it is, is it's because so many of you so intense, intentionally need to hear from the Lord. You're here because you need to hear something. There is something in your life that is longing to hear a resonation of the voice of God in your life. And the amazing part of it is, is, you know, God does still speak audibly. I, I know that may challenge some of you, but I absolutely believe that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I, I believe that there was a clear, distinct voice that called out to Moses uh, when he stepped in and he said, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. I don't believe Moses heard something in his heart. I believe that the Spirit of God spoke audibly to where Moses heard him. I believe that that when Jesus was was bare, was was uh, was baptized in the Jordan, he came up. There was a voice, the Bible said, from heaven that spoke and said, "This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased." It was a distinct, audible voice, and I believe that God still speaks audibly. But then I also watch this. I believe in the Rama. That's the fresh word, the fresh voice of God is still speaking in the realm of the earth. But then there is the Logos, and that is the written word of God. That God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That He was speaking in Genesis. He was speaking in Revelation, and the amazing part of it is, is we can open up His Word, and we can receive from His Word, just like He's speaking to us today. But then I also believe that God uses people. Come on, somebody. He uses people to be the conduit of heaven to speak into our life. It's amazing to me that when we come to church, we come to service, what we are, what we are doing is we are coming because we want to hear from the Lord. And what we have to understand is there's a good chance God will use a man or a woman to speak through. Amen? My prayer as a preacher is, God, uh, allow me to be heaven's mouthpiece. Just speak through me. Speak through me and speak to them so that they can hear what you're saying. Amen. Isaiah 30 and 21, when we understand the power of a voice, Isaiah 30 and 21 says, whether you turn to the right or you turn to the left, 
your ears will hear a, a, a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. My God, how much do we need a voice that says, this is the way. Hey, you're doing it right. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Don't take the job. Don't engage in the relationship. Don't hang out with those people. You will hear a voice from behind you and it will be saying, this is the way. Walk in it. The power of a voice. Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you tonight, Lord, that your word speaks. Lord, we thank you like David said. Father God, that your word is a lamp unto our feet for our darkened path. God, we thank you that your word is alive and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides the soul from the spirit, the bone from the marrow. It's the discerner of the very intentions of the heart of a man. Father, we thank you tonight that your word is alive, that your word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the only begotten of God. Father, we thank you tonight that as we would gather, we would understand the significance of the sound of the voices that you have put in our life. Father, we thank you tonight, God, that as I would speak, I would not speak as a mere man to mere men and women. But Father, allow me to even be the conduit, Father, in which you will speak tonight. Father, that your people would hear the word of the Lord. Father, that they would taste of the Lord and see that you are good. Father, we pray tonight that your voice be the loudest voice in the room. That, Father, we would hear, this is the way. This is the way. Walk in it. In Jesus' mighty name. The truth is, is in our life, nobody really signs up to be told what to do. Uh, I believe that it's a problem as people. Is The truth is, is a lot of us, we, we have a, you know, we, th- we have celebrated this men- mentality of independence to the point to where it has become toxic. Come on, somebody. We celebrate, oh, you know, oh, she's so independent. Oh, he's so independent. Can I tell you, independency is, is, an, is an, a retaliation against the kingdom of God. Okay, y'all quiet here tonight. He said that one can put a thousand to flight, but two can put ten thousand. God never celebrated independency. God celebrated unity. Psalm said that it was there where God commanded the blessing, where there was unison, where nobody was trying to be the only one, where we were all trying to be one with one another. And so we, we have this mentality in the realm of the earth today that, that, that celebrates independency. But see, there is an independency that is a defiance to God because God never called us to be independent. He called us to be dependent on Him. He, when we become independent, we tell God, hey, I got this. See, but when we are dependent, we say things like, Lord, I need you. It's not even a matter that I want you. I need you. You're a need in my life. And so what we begin to discover is that, that there, is a, there is an independency that is in retaliation against the kingdom of God. But I believe that in this outpouring, the last day's outpouring, what God is going to do is he is going to solidify our need for one another. 
He is going to show us the power of people, prophetic voices in our life. I believe that God is restoring the mantle of true spiritual parenting to the church again. Come on, somebody. Healthy parenting. Not people that rule and lord over people, but people that in all humility want to see their sons and daughters go on to do greater. Come on, somebody. Genesis 1 and 1 said that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the, face of, over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, watch, I want you to catch that. The Spirit of God was hovering and God said, let there be light and there was light. Watch this. When God desires to do anything in the earth... The presence of the Spirit will always come first. Hold on, somebody. Woo! And then, and then quickly it will be followed by a voice. How do I know God is doing something and something and something? I'll tell you how. Because the presence of God shows up and then the Word of God comes behind it and confirms the movement of what God is doing. Anytime that God wants to do something in the realm of the earth, it will always be signified by the showing up of the Spirit first and then quickly followed by a voice. God's had the Spirit hovering over the face of the deep. The earth was formless, void, without any, without any sphere. And all of a sudden where the Spirit was hovering, when God spoke, when spirit and word, woo! watch this, watch this. When spirit and word come together, there was an explosion of creation. There was a manifesto of the glory of God in the realm of the earth. See, what we have to understand, hear me, hear me, hear me. I love the Pentecostals. I love Baptists, but I have said it and I'm going to say it again. The greatest outpouring will be when we see the spirit and the word come together. Those that are born of the spirit, but washed in the word. Those that know the gifts, but do not deny the word. Those will be the hell-shaking believers. Come on, somebody. Oh, my. See, if a voice created creation, if it was a voice that called Adam in the garden, if it was a voice that convicted Cain in the garden, then we have to understand the significance of Proverbs 18. In 21, that said, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Watch this. You know the old saying that you are what you eat? I have a new one for you. You will eat what you say. I've taught this and taught this and taught this and taught this. This is really a, a theological understanding that we must have that, that when it comes to the concept of dominion and, and res restoration of man's original intent, that when God saw them in Genesis 1 and 26 and he blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. We have to understand that God created man. He created Adam with the intent of ruling the world. Watch this, not by his works, but by his word. What did God say? He said, whatever you call it, it shall be. And Adam said moose, and it was a moose. And Adam said pine tree, and it was a pine tree. And Adam said rhino, and it was a rhino. Whatever he said, he saw. And what we have to, watch this, I'm going to help you ladies. The reason why your husband is a deadbeat is because you call him a deadbeat. 
What you say you will see, you will eat the fruit of your lips. When you call him lazy and you say he'll never amount to nothing, listen to me, daddies. That's why you got to be careful what you say to your children. When you say he'll never amount to nothing, then he grows up and never amounts to nothing. It wasn't that God ever intended for him to not amount to nothing. It was that your words sealed a deal over his life because there's power of life and death in your tongue. There's power in the voice. There's power in the voice. See, before God does anything great, he will first send his spirit, but then he always sends a voice. It was Moses who saw the presence of God burning on the bush, but that burning created a yearning, and he got to turning, and when he did, God spoke. Did you catch that? The manifested presence of God burning on the bush. The bush wasn't burning. God was burning on the bush, and Moses said, Look at this great sight. I will now turn aside and see why the bush burns but yet is not consumed. And when the burning created a yearning, Moses got to turning. And when he turned, God spoke. Do you hear what I'm saying? The presence showed up. And when the presence showed up, it created a hunger. And the hunger then created a turning. My God, I feel like preaching. And when he turned, all of a sudden there was a voice. What am I telling you? That in the realm of the earth, when God's going to do something, his presence shows up. And when his presence shows up, it causes hungry people to turn and say, this thing I will now look for. This thing that I will now seek after. And he said, when you seek, you'll find me. When you ask, it shall be given. When you knock, it shall be open. See, before God does anything great, he will first send his spirit, but then he sends a voice. Isaiah 40 and verse 3. Watch this. Isaiah 40 and verse 3 out of the New King, Train, out of the New King James Version. It says, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. The what? The voice, Isaiah 40 and verse 3. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare, i got to break this down for y'all. Prepare the way of the Lord. Y'all have to understand, this prophecy is a prophecy not of Jesus. Isaiah is prophesying about a voice that is coming. And the job of this voice is to prepare for what's coming. Isaiah says that he sees a voice in the wilderness and it's crying, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill shall be brought low and the crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Watch this, there's four things from that scripture that we can grasp. Four things that the power of the voice of God will do in your life. You ready? The voice of God will do in your life. The first thing that it will do is when the voice of God is active in your life, you ready? It will prepare. Trey, you can pull up Isaiah 40 and verse 3 because I'm going to break this down. The first thing it will do is it will prepare. What did he say? He said, prepare the way of the Lord. I thank God for his voice and the voices he's put in my life. Watch this. For what? To prepare. To prepare. To prepare me not just for where I am, but for where I'm going. Come on, somebody. 
I am thankful that as I am, as I am heeding to the voice of God. Have y'all ever noticed that when God is getting you ready for something, he will send a word into your life? Come on, somebody. Some of you all of a sudden, your God is about to move you from, from a job to another job, and he will put a holy dissatisfaction in you. All of a sudden, when you got along with everybody, now you don't get along with nobody. And it's like God is speaking, and he's telling you, pack your bags, get ready. You're about to move from here to there. You're about to get up from this place, and you're about to go somewhere else. All of, I can feel this thing as I'm saying it. My God, I feel it shifting in this room right now. The voice of God in your life will prepare you. God will put people in your life that are full of his spirit that when they speak, you will feel it preparing you. Some of you are in this room right now and you know what you feel? Preparation. Preparation. You're feeling the the preparing of the Lord because something is coming. Watch this. John the Baptist was the voice preparing for what's coming. John stood in Matthew chapter 3 and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He was standing on the banks of the Jordan for months before Jesus ever showed up. He was baptizing those under repentance. But there he stood. And day, oh my God, I feel this. Day after day, he was laying them down and he was standing them up. Day after day, he'd lay them down and stand them up. But he knew something greater was coming. He knew something better was on the way. He kept being faithful with what God asked him. He kept being consistent with what God put on his life. He kept laying them down and standing them up until One day, he stood up and said, behold, what I've been waiting for is here. What I've been talking about is here. No longer am I waiting. Now I am seeing, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So will it be with some of y'all. When the word of God gets alive in you, the voice of God begins to speak, he'll prepare. And I know some of you feel like you're going through the motion, but one day you're going to look up and you're going to say, behold, There it is. That's what I dreamed about. That's what the prophetic word was about. That's what God was speaking to me about. You ready? The second thing that the voice of God will do in your life is it will pave. (laughs) It will pave. He said that it would, watch this, watch this. He said, make straight in a desert a highway for our God. It will pave. The voice of God will pave. Watch this. You can't pave without packing. If you're going to make a road, you got to pack it down so everything that travels on it travels and it's not unstable. Do you hear what I'm teaching on tonight? The voice of God, watch this, it won't just prepare you, it will pave some things in your life. High places will be brought low and low places will be brought high. I'm so glad for the voice of God and voices of God in my life that where there should have been a valley, it ended up being smooth. Come on, somebody. Where it should have been harder, I was able to walk through in an anointing of ease because God sent a voice ahead of time that said, son, get ready. You're about to walk through three months of difficulty. You better prepare now. And when I walked through, I was already ready because the voice of God paved the way. It packs substance into it. See, it will pack substance, something you can travel on. you got to understand the voice of God will be something that you can build on. When the voice of God is alive in your life, you can build on it. Something you can, it's something you can get to point from point A to point B on. Why do you need the voice of God in your life? I'll tell you why. Because some of you are stuck at A. And the only way you get into B is 
by him speaking to you and telling you, Isaiah, this is the way. Walk in it. The third thing that we have to understand that the voice of God will do. You ready? It will prepare, it will pave, and it will plow. It will plow. Let me go back. To Isaiah 40, he said, make straight the desert and the highway. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight. The rough places made smooth. It will plow. Can I tell you something? When the voice of God shows up in your life, it will break up what's hard. It will break up what's hard. Watch this. And it will turn dirt to become fertile again. Some of you are in desert seasons, dry seasons, things where nothing grows. God said the only thing you're waiting on is a word. The only thing you're waiting on is a word. When the word comes, it will shift that desert into a, a, from a barren wasteland into a flowing valley, into a garden. A word can change your circumstance from being dry, from being dusty, from being dirty. What am I talking about? Moses was on the backside of a desert for 40 years, but a voice brought him out of 40 years of tending another man's flock, 40 years of walking circles, 40 years into becoming a deliverer of a nation. After 400 years, what changed? A voice. A voice broke him out of that season of being a desert. The fourth thing, you ready? The fourth thing that a voice will bring is it will bring promise. You cannot get in contact with the voice of God and not begin to walk in promise. Watch Luke 1 and 39. Luke 1 and 39. I don't know if I'm preaching hard or if it's just hot in here. Can you hit that air for me, Beth? Come on. Hallelujah. Mm. Luke 1 and 39. It says, Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to the city of Judah and entered the house of, of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the babe leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then she spoke out with a loud, <laughs> and said, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the Soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. You have to understand the significance of this moment. That Elizabeth would have been shut in her home. She would not have been out and about, and that's why Mary would have traveled to where Elizabeth was. But you have to understand the reason why she would have been shut in. The reason why she would have been shut in is because Elizabeth thought that she was carrying a stillborn baby. Nothing had moved in her womb. Nothing had moved in her womb. And so therefore, she would have been shut in because she would have been thinking that maybe if she would get out and move, that the baby could take on stress and something could happen. So, so she she would have been under what we know today is doctor's orders to bed rest. She would have been staying at home. But see, Mary comes through the door. And when Mary comes through the door and she speaks, God sends a voice into the room of her, what she thinks is death. The Bible says that the baby leapt in her womb. Why was she so excited that the baby had leapt? For surely you would think he had kicked before. For surely you would have thought he had moved, but he hadn't. And when the voice of, the, of Mary 
spoke. The baby of promise leapt in her womb and all of a sudden Elizabeth got excited because God sent a voice to remind her that what she was carrying was not dead. Come on, let me speak to some people tonight that what you're carrying, you ain't felt the dream move in months. You haven't felt the spirit move in months. You haven't heard the voice of God in months. But God is about to send a voice in your room and your baby's about to leap again. You're going to know that what you're carrying ain't dead. The power of a voice. Hallelujah. So how do you discern The voice in your life, watch this. God's voice in your life will speak life, but the enemy's voice will speak lies. You say, you say, preacher, but how do I know the difference? I hear, I hear voices, but how do I know it's God's voice? God's voice will speak life. The enemy's voice will speak lies. John 10, for the enemy comes to Steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, but I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the the voice of the enemy will speak lies. Why? Because Jesus said that you are of your father, Satan, who is the father of Oh, come on. Y'all read the same Bible I do. So now we find that the father of lies, but then there's another father, the father of all truth, that in John 17, Jesus said, sanctify them by your truth, your word. What did he say? Your voice. Your word is truth. How do you know what voice you're hearing? Because the voice of the enemy will speak lies, but the voice of your heavenly father will speak life. Hallelujah. My God, I just feel this. i got to say this. Some of you are under demonic word curses, and God is wanting to break them off your life. Some of you sat up under, watch this, some of y'all sat up under some bleeding, poisonous, prophetic words. People spoke and released death over your life, my God, and you've been living under a curse, feeling like that word's going to come to pass, and Job said, that which I feared most has come on me. Can I tell you that God wants to break the spirit of fear off of you, that you are not who the enemy says you are, but you are who God says you are? He says, you shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Hallelujah. John 10 and 2 said, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him for they know his Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. How do you know what voice you're hearing? Because if you are a sheep of the Lord, he said, my sheep know my voice. And the voice of a hireling, they will not follow. How do you know that you are hearing God's voice? Because God's voice speaks life. God's voice speaks restoration. God's voice speaks revival. God's voice speaks power, love. He affirms, he establishes, he builds, he corrects. The enemy's voice condemns. In closing, I want to break this down for you. That if, if, if John 10... Stand true in context that, that Jesus is our shepherd. 
that he is the shepherd of the Lord's sheep, that if it's his voice that we are following, then, then if, if that context be taken in its entirety, then we have to understand that if a shepherd leads and he leads by his voice, then what should our journey look like? Go with me to Psalms 23. And I want to go through Psalms 23 very quickly. The Lord's had me in Psalms 23 a lot lately. Psalms 23. If the shepherd leads by his voice, and if we are led by a voice, then what should the journey look like? I believe Psalms 23 paints the picture. You ready? Because some of y'all ain't going to like this because you bought into this uh, cookie-cutter Christianity where life is easy-peasy, lemon-squeezy. Come on, somebody. Somebody told you when you got saved, it would come easy. Let me tell you something. I used to think, well, I'm sorry I wasn't raised church, but I used to think Christians were pansies. I thought they were people that had to believe on something because they couldn't get through the hardships of life. But what I found out real quick is when I got saved, Christians were the hardcorest, devil-stomping people I ever met in my life. And I found out real quick that, that, that this life on the side, of the cross, there's nothing easy about it. So what does the journey look like following the shepherd? Psalms 23 tells us in verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He, he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness uh, for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and their staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You ready? What does following the voice of God look like? What does the journey look like? I want to break this thing down for you. Psalms 23 and verse 1, he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He shall, I, I said, I shall not lack for anything. Can I tell you something? If you are following the voice of God, there will be no lack. He said, I shall not want anything. In other words, there shall not be anything that I need that I'm going to be in want. Oh, the Bible confirms this, that I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor see them begging for bread. In other words, when you are following the shepherd's voice, you will not be in lack for anything. Why? Because he, he leads me to green pastures. Did you catch that? What are green pastures? They are grazing pastures. Come on, somebody. It didn't say that he leads me to sun-scorched pastures. It, 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 he don't lead me to, to muddy, murky uh, pastures, but he leads me to green pastures. He leads me to places where I can taste of the Lord and see that he is good. You ready? Watch this. It says these words, that he leads me beside still waters. That word leads me. What does it look like when the voice of the shepherd is speaking in your life? Is you've got leadership. Oh, come on, somebody. He leads me. He leads me. The rogue Christianity has to stop. I told you nobody likes to be told what they need to do. I said the rogue Christianity has to stop. If you're really following the Lord, he is your shepherd and he leads you. But those under shepherds, pastors that he has put in your life, prophetic voices, people that are called to nurture you, spiritual parents, you won't just go through life saying, I got this. Come on, somebody. Y'all real quiet in the house of the Lord. Don't bother me one bit, okay? I didn't come here to make friends. I came here to make disciples. Y'all good with that? Good. Praise God. Moving on. So what we have to understand is that if we are truly following the voice of the Lord, we will have leadership in our life. 
We will have leadership in our life. Watch this, watch this, watch this. It says that he leads me by still waters. I want you to catch that because if you're following the voice of the Lord, you ready? said still waters. What does that speak of? It speaks of identity. How can you say that, preacher? Because he leads me by still waters. I'm talking about reflection. You cannot look in moving waters and see yourself. But you can see yourself clearly in still waters. When you are following, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. When you are following the voice of the Lord, when he is leading you, when his voice is speaking clearly in your life, you will not wonder who you are. You will not wonder where you're supposed to be. You will know because when he leads you, you look in the water and you see yourself clearly and you see him in you and you see you in him. He leads me. By still waters. What does it look like when you're truly following the voice of the Lord? i got to break this thing down. It said that he restores my soul. Let me tell you something. When the voice of God is speaking clearly in your life, there will be restoration. Restoration. You will be restored. You will be restored. When the voice of God is speaking in your life, it's amazing that you can fall and you can fail. But guess what? It does not mean it's over. The Bible says that the righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. Oh, come on. I'm working with some, uh, some recovering guys right now, and I tell them all the time, it's not that you won't fail. It's not that you can't fail. But the difference is, is will you get back up? The difference of a righteous man and an unrighteous man is not the one who falls, but it's the one who refuses to get back up. See, can I tell you, restoration says, I got to get back up. I can't. And not lay here and die. If you're really following the voice of God, there will be restoration in your life. Watch this. He leads me on paths of righteousness. Can I tell you that if you're following the voice of God, there will be righteousness in your life. You will not be comfortable with sin. You will not be okay just living any kind of way. Come on, somebody. You can't shack up. You can't be getting high. You can't be, come on, there's certain TV shows. When you get really saved, you'll turn those TV shows off. There's certain kinds of music you can't listen to anymore because it just rubs you wrong. Come on, somebody. You thought because I wore jeans I didn't preach this kind of stuff. Ha, I fooled you. (laughs) Watch this, watch this, watch this. He said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. If you're really following the voice of the Lord, you ready? He will give you destiny in the face of destruction. When you're really following the voice of the Lord, he didn't say you wouldn't have enemies. But what he did say is your enemies are going to watch you eat. (laughs) Yeah. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord has delivered them out of them all. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. He causes me to sit down. Sit down. I'm not moved anymore by adversaries and enemies. I'm not, I'm not overcome with fear where I used to feel like I had to have a sword and a spear. Now all I got to have is a fork and a knife. Come on, somebody. I didn't come to fight. I came to feast. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. You anoint my head with oil. What If you're really following the voice of the Lord, what does the power of the voice bring? Watch this, it brings anointing in your life. 
I almost talked to you tonight on the anointing. That was another word that was really in my spirit. What is the anointing? It's God's specific touch at a specific time to perform a specific task. David was anointed three times. Three times. One time when he was anointed, it was for kingship. Watch this. When he was anointed kingship, he moved from being a shepherd to being a king. You have to understand when the anointing comes on your life, when you're following the voice of God, the anointing of God will be on your life. He said, take my yoke upon you. See that it is easy and the burden is light. Watch this. He said, he anoints my head with oil and my cup runs over. What's that tell me? When you're following the voice of the Lord, there will be overflow in your life. I love the old song that my cup's overflowing and I'm drinking from the saucer. It's a song of overflow. It's a song that when we're following the voice of God, it's like we're licking from the saucer because the cup is overflowing. We are not lacking for anything. We are living in the overflow of joy. We are living in the overflow of peace. We are, when we are following the voice of God, there is an overflow of the goodness of God. There's an overflow of the mercy of God. There's an overflow of the grace of God. I'm about to preach you something. What is overflow? Overflow means you can't contain it. That when people get close to you, your love gets on them. Your joy gets on them. Your Praise gets on them. Your power, oh, come on, somebody. Your prayers overflow on people that are around you. My God. What did he say? What did he say? What did he say? He said, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. What does that speak of? That when we follow the voice of God, the power of his voice in our life, blessings will follow you. Mercy and goodness will follow you. Lastly, and I'm done. Come on, Brooke. As he said, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Boy, this is a big one. That if you're really following the voice of the Lord, you will have a desire to dwell in his house. These people that say they love God and they don't make any time for God's house, you're a liar. I'm away. I'm a, that needs to settle. You say you love God, but you don't make any time for his house. You don't love God. If you love God, you would want to dwell among his people. You would want to be in the congregation of the upright. I'm, I'm coming against that rogue spirit that says, I'm okay by myself. That's a lie from hell. You are not better. We are better together. And do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as is the matter of some. But even more, we should come together as we see the final day approaching. If his voice is alive in my life, there will be so much that begins to flow in the journey. Stand with me all over the house. Listen to me. Do not despise the power of a voice. You need a voice. Some of you are a voice. Some of you are a voice. And the enemy has tried to silence your voice, but you need a voice. You need the voice of God, but you need the voice of godly men and women that can speak into your life. You, some of you got to be good with correction again. You got to be okay with instruction again. You need a voice. You need a voice that says, this is the way. Walk in it. We need to destroy that Israelite mentality that says, well, if God wanted to speak to me, he'd speak to me. Come on, somebody. 
We need to destroy that mentality and need to understand that God speaks to us through his word. God speaks to us through his rhema. But God speaks to us through men and women that God sends voices. I'm not saying this arrogantly. I'm not saying this cock, any kind of being cocky, but God sent me into this city to be a voice for the move of God, that the presence of God was hovering over Sumter, and he sent a voice. He sent a voice. If I could have stayed home, I would have. But I couldn't, because I know what God wants to do in this city. spirit was hovering and it was void but then God said some of you are in a season of voidness you're in a season of emptiness but the spirit of God is hovering and tonight God has made you aware not just of the Spirit's hovering, but now the culmination of His Spirit and His voice and where His Spirit and voice show up. Watch this. Babies leap. Moses's are turned. Come on, somebody. David's are anointed. Come on, somebody. Elizabeth rejoices. So much happens when the Spirit is hovering. Jesus is sitting at a well and a woman comes and when she comes to him, he tells her, he said, the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship me. And not not on this mountain nor that mountain, but they will worship me in spirit and truth. He said, the hour now is. What did he say? He said, the move of God is now where it's spirit and word where it's not just the moving of the Spirit, but we understand the power of the voice of God in our life. And we see the fruition of Isaiah's prophecy when he said that there would come a voice that says, this is the way. Walk in it. I want to close out tonight with a declaration of Psalms 23 that clearly says, the Lord is my shepherd. Because I know on, uh, uh, by everybody that's in this room, every single one of you are on a journey. What does the journey look like? Well, if you're following the shepherd, we find out that there's things we won't lack for. That he leads us to green pastures. That there's, he leads us be, by the still waters. There's so much that as we are following the voice of God.